Well, if this all falls apart, we can start a band, obviously. Yep. So that's our. Yeah, we've got all of our instruments. I've, I've already got the perfect name Butterscotch Shenanigans. There you go. There it is. It's a good band name. Yep. <laughs> we've already got the shirts, too. Butterscotch Shenanigans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 211 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm very sleepy. I'm Sam, and I'm quite sore. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is June W. Seblin, 2019. W. Seblin, one of my favorite days. Favorite to favorite. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. Babies, leave. Mm, Just yeah, yeah. Babies are fine. Kids are fine. Adults. Adults, get out of here. here. There's going to be profanity, so scoot. Mm-hmm. And by that, we mean get yourself a Razor scooter. They're very convenient. Very fun. And, they uh, are, although they do not have any shock absorption to speak of. No. Or speakers. Or speakers, which is a Or AC. Or AC. You know? Really, scooters are garbage, now that I think about <laughs> it. And they don't have a windscreen. You know? It's true. You like, hit bugs mo- at exactly, hit seven bugs. miles an hour. Yeah. That's why you wear a motorcycle helmet when you scoot, you noob. Yeah, you got to be protected. <laughs> are you just out there scooting without a helmet I on? have been. I've for- I never wear my leathers or anything. Man, <laughs> You need an extra layer of skin in case you, you know, hit a crack That's what I do, just calluses, sprawling. head to toe. I just, <laughs> every day I get up and I give myself a real firm rub down yeah. to really, like, get Wait, that skin that roughened up. Mm-hmm. No what lotion. You, what do you use to do? Because if you use sandpaper, you would just be smoother afterwards. It's true. So what do you use yeah, how do you, to increase your calluses? So the way it works, like, if you're lifting weights, you get calluses on your hands, right? Because of how grippy things because are. Of, yeah. So you basically need to figure out how to grip things. With your face, with your cheeks, with your forehead, pretty soon, boom, head to toe. You're like a rhinoceros. You've got thick skin. You'd be like the uh, who's the guy from Black Panther? How did we get here? (laughs) The villain Black Panther, uh, warmonger. Oh yeah, killmonger. Whatever. He just pokes. He's got like yeah. He's got like that callus scar thing. That's what you need. So one of the cool things is scars. Because scars are not calluses. Scars are actually weaker than regular skin. Yeah, but they're thicker. If you do it, they're right. thicker, but they're weaker though at the so same eventually time. Eventually it bounces out. Now, one of the one of the cool tricks about what he did that nobody told him is you don't actually have to kill people to do one of those marks on yourself. Sure, yeah. You can just do it. He thought that you had to kill somebody every time you did yeah. it. Uh which was good practice for him. And to be fair, but, his name was Killmonger. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Now do you think he gave himself that name first? Or did he live or up to did, his name? Or did somebody else give it? Was it like a high school nickname that somebody else gave to him? Sometimes I just wonder about these, especially names that are that It's intense. very descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of has to come I have later. to admit, when, when I heard that he was referred to as Killmonger, I kind of laughed because I oh, was yeah. like – It's a little too ridiculous. What? <laughs> Nobody you, calls anybody that. Yeah. He just loved killing. He just killed, he killed everybody. Does mon- so a, the only other monger I know of is a fishmonger. Yeah. That's, that's a person who sells fish. That's a selling fish, right? Yeah. So if you're a killmonger, you sell death. You're a mercenary. That makes yeah. sense. So he just goes down by the docks. Sell sword. Sells some kills. Yeah, it doesn't work so well for that. Oh, yeah. So it's the same idea as a sell sword. Yeah. It's just, but you're not selling your sword. You're, you're, you're mongering your you're kills. Well, you got to monger yeah. those kills. Uh, also, we'd like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you very much for uh, supporting whatever is happening right now. This is... <laughs> This, Get is loose what, today. this is what happens. Uh, so we're recording this episode well in advance because Sam is going to Iceland right now. The only three ice. days since the last one we recorded. I have a question. Is it far north enough that I can technically count it as visiting, you know, the Antarctic continent? Antarctic is real south. You're, uh, so which one's you're the Arctic? Arctic. One. Not Antarctic. Antarctic is because yeah. it's the opposite of the Arctic. Does it count then as visiting? Was it close uh, enough that I could be like – No, because here's the thing is the – the poles are getting further away yeah, because they're melting. Aren't the, isn't the magnetic thing also moving a little bit? No, I think it's just like going – I think it's just wiggling. Okay. It's wiggling. I don't think it's going wiggling. anywhere. I think it's just a little – So there's, there's two ways that you can cheat and go to the North Pole without actually going there. All right. I mean, One, hear me. you can see an aurora borealis. That, yes. may, that means you're far enough that it counts. Because they have those – up there. Yeah, they've got those. In the land of ice. But you have to see one. You okay. got to see it. Well, let me see if I can check this off my list. So the other is to just go outside shirtless for a while. Because once mm. you're cold enough, that also counts. Because it feels like you're it. You're like, yeah. I get it. I get it. Get the idea. <laughs> but it <laughs> has to go. be cold for that to work. It yeah. has to be cold. Right now, I think it's 300 degrees in Iceland because yes. 
there's a real elaborate hoax going on. I don't know if you heard about this, mm. where some people are trying to make everybody think that the world is getting really fucking hot. And they're being really clever about it by, by making, making the world hot. By making it actually happen. <laughs> it's a very elaborate ploy. It's quite the ruse. It's, it's quite the ruse. It's been going on for decades mm-hmm. now, yep. and it's probably going to keep going on. I'm just really excited for when somebody finally reveals the cameras mm, you know, yeah. and is like, gotcha. And explains the joke because it's very confusing. Yeah, I'm not sure what the punchline is yet, but <laughs> it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. Um, also, Jam is coming It'll really be fast. Next weekend. Not ne- this one. Next weekend after this episode airs yes. mm-hmm. is the Shen. Not the upcoming Don't do that. One. You can do that. Make us confusing. Yeah. As soon as you start trying but to But it's not even the upcoming A week one. and a half it's after this after episode airs. That's correct. Yeah. Which uh, is more specifically on June no, July 12th. 12th to 14th. July and 12th. It's going to be awesome. So yeah. we have people it's saying – By the way, that's spelled W-A. It's going to bloover your smocks off. It really is. Well, so sign up at shenanigan.com. And again, this is a game – a weekend of making games online. You can join people in the Discord or just do it yourself if you're more of a solo type. More you, of a should, rogue. you should still hang out in the Discord. Yeah, hanging out is fun. If you're, some, your if you're some yeah, kind of code monger, mm-hmm. art monger. Yeah. Whatever you're mongering. Whatever mongering you got going on. We're, we're buying it. Yeah. Uh, we'll not kill mongering though. No. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. No. None of that. We're not <laughs> buying that. hit people nope. services. Not, no, 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 no. not currently. Yeah. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's great. in our wheelhouse. Unless and we have to abandon games and go into the go into military industrial complex. Go into kill mongering. Yeah. There's money there. You know? That's true. There's Easy money and murder. Easy money. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> The Shenanjim was going to be fantastic. Uh, we, of course, will be, will be participating, and the themes come from some of our podcast titles, for those of you who are who are new to the jam. And basically what we do is we select three themes. You get to pick the one you want to use. Are we going to do just one this year? Did three work out last three year? Three worked really well, okay. yeah. Uh, you pick the one you want to use, and then you just kind of go bang out a game in a couple of days. And if you haven't made a game before, shut up. Now you, you will. One. Now you will. If, if you have made days. one, also shut up. Also shut also up, shut up and come one. make one anyway. Uh, so we've made tons and tons of jam games. You can see some of them on our itch page, bscotch.itch.io, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just a ton of them up there. There's also and a Levelhead demo there now. There is, yeah. So we put that up. Yeah, play so that while you're at Go there for the demo, mm-hmm. play that, and then be like, now I'm inspired, and then hang out there. Sign up for the yep. thingy. Although I don't think you can find the jam from the – No, just go to shenanjam.com. Yeah. yeah right if you want to dip your toes into into our jam pool, <laughs> yep. I'd recommend – Wiggle your digits. I'd recommend Goop Legacy. That's a classic. That's, that's, from, that's from last year, yeah. Bed to the Yed Tea. Mm-hmm. That also, also really good. good. Also good. Uh, we've also got I Can't See Shit. Yeah. Great one. And that could be the precursor to Levelhead. Could yeah. be. And it's a blind ways. platformer. Where you yep. had to scream in order to see your surroundings. Yes. Yep. Uh, and, uh, of course, do you even lift the elevator simulator? Who classic. Play that one even has B-Scotch ID in it. It does. <laughs> yeah. So it's got to yeah. – I guess it has achievements probably. So we're thinking our does challenge – Yeah. Our we, challenge we last your progress for some reason. Yep. with Goop Legacy was to see if we could integrate some B-Scotch ID stuff or Rumpus stuff into the game, yeah. which we did. It's no longer online. but um, That was could, also the early, early Rumpus days and we've changed everything. Yes. So. so you used to be able to – in Goop Legacy, you would actually be able to, to basically mix your goops with someone else and you would get an offspring goop. I think that's probably that. broken now, but oh, – yeah, It's totally broken, guaranteed broken. Um, So this year I think we're going to try something else ludicrous like that. See if we make an MMO. We're going to make an MMO. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm saying that's a joke, but is it? Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do. I don't know what number you have to get to before it counts as, as massive, but that's the goal. So whatever – We want to get all of, of the numbers, the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Massive. Does that mean just – as long as we can support everybody who wants to play the game at the same time. What we're yeah. going to do. Because as long as then only like 12 people want to play it. We're good to go. We can well, so we're going to make an MMO where you play as a as a sphere. Okay. Whoa. And then you merge together with other players and you all have to decide which direction you're going to – you democratically roll your way <laughs> across the landscape. Mm-hmm. And you, of course, smash into other people's – and you absorb them. Spheres, yeah. so, so it's like Agario, except Democratic. nobody wins. It's Democratic Agario. Yeah. And on like a sort of a, a uh, Mad Max sort of a hellscape. Yeah, really. It's like a metaphor for, you know, the costs of imperial 
you know, expansion, which is that as you roll and crush more of your people and bring them into the fold, now you, you know, you're heavier, takes more votes to kind of it's get harder to move. It's, it's an allegory. You know. And of course, when you're rolling on your own, you can go anywhere you want. Yep. You will be crushed. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. actually, I kind of do want to make this. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be in 3D, though. Uh-huh. I guess we'll have to do that, too. Whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah. So shenanajam.com. Go there. Do that. Sign up. Do it. Cool. The end. Next. Uh, next bit of news, the Levelhead demo is chugging along on Itch. It's creeping its way up the popular games list, which is mm-hmm. cool. Uh, still don't really know much about what's happening with it because it's only been a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, and we are going to send out the Ballyhoo uh, to kind of blast that thing up the charts. Mm-hmm. So we'll have more to say about it. We may be considering a Steam demo, but we're doing some more research on that to see if that's – Yeah, demos are weird. Be. Turns out there's a lot of conflicting – Reports about what they're for and what they do and everything else. And so, who plays them and who doesn't play them. And, and the main happening? worry about them is just that people will basically get their fill. Get that instead of the game. Yeah. Um, or, and, and more more specifically, people who would have bought your game had there not been a demo. Now, because there is a demo, won't for some reason. Whether it's because they now played it enough or they actually hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but which, in which case you don't really want to buy your game anyways because then they'll go downvote it fun, yeah. yeah so so it might actually boost your ratings you know because like because yeah. yeah. they can't rate it when they only have the demo they have to I, buy I it. hope yeah I assume that that's oh, true yeah, maybe they can if someone buys this just the soundtrack for Levelhead can they leave Levelhead a review I don't think so <laughs> I think probably this is DLC because DLCs have their own pages and I think you so have they can, to- I think they can leave a review on the DLC page yeah, it's all very confusing. And, and apparently, I don't think Steam tracks conversions of demos on the back end. No. no. So there's like also questions about – What is we, this doing? Even if you do talk to somebody who has a demo and you're like, does it work? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. People are downloading it. We just don't have the tools to see. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> you know? There's just not enough. There's, there's no, no way. There's no possible yeah, way. It's one of those things that like our assumption has kind of always been that because almost nobody does demos that – Prevailing wisdom. They must not probably work. something, yeah. Um, but historically, that has not been true Correct. for how the universe It worked is. for America Online. That's, That's true. So if we it's good start, enough for AOL, it's good we enough do. for me. We'll start burning some CDs, just mass mailing just them. Just throw them, just fling them like Frisbees across the and universe. And will get them, and then they'll be like, I have no means by which to play this. Right, yeah, because what no the fuck is this anymore. weird giant disc? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I built – so we built our office computers and we didn't even put CD drives in them. No, I haven't touched a CD. It was weird because all, all of the components in there are now like very – like hard drives are now, you know, it's a little SSD. It's like a deck of cards but it's thinner. The only thing that's still huge is a graphics card because it's all fans. It's and the fan. power supply. And the power so supply. Mass. Power supply is big. Graphics card is big. And the power supply is pretty much just there for the graphics card. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. The CPUs have been the same size forever, and it also just needs a giant van on top of it. Yeah, but it felt good to build a computer with that much sort of open space. space. Yeah. So then we had to fill it with a giant CPU fan because, yeah. you know, you got to have mm-hmm. something big in there. I, I forgot about your, Which was your way ridiculous too fan. Because you have to manually glue it on mm-hmm. to the CPU. With your little with your little thermal paste. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was sure tense. I was sweating. Heat. You're like, what if I fuck it up? Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably fine. Probably fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we'll have more news about this demo journey as time goes on. Uh, let's talk about Levelhead and what's coming in this patch. Yeah. So, of course, we don't actually know yet because we, we still have a week more week. of work. Yeah. But what we can't say is what we do have, which is we have a new tile set called Spookstone. It's very spooky. It's fantastic. So, Sam, you want to talk about your process of making Spookstone and what yeah. is it? I assume first you watch horror movies. I, so I, yeah, I got real freaked out. Real scared. Yeah. Real scared. Black Mirror, you know, just went down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. for a while. And then I, you know, really want to channel those feelings into a tile set. So I assume you, so you, <laughs> drew, you drew a pentagram in yep. blood. Yeah, that's how you channel. You went to a killmonger, got some blood, yep. came back. Yeah, yeah. You have to you channel. Do the thing. Mm-hmm. And then you put up some candles. Mm-hmm. And then you sat there in the dark. I did. And then you used Inkscape for a while. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then the SVG sort of was delivered unto me. By you know, the devil. By the devil himself. <laughs> was it by – what was the name of the, the demon in the belly? Balthrazafor. Balthrazafor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's demony. That yeah, sounds like a demon very name. So, so he's, he was like, hey, I got this uh, I got this tile set for you if you want to – He's very wanna, friendly. Yeah, he's actually real <laughs> – yeah. 
strangely friendly. That's how they get is, you. Yeah, they that's get, the whole thing about you know, Yeah, never you never reach inside the pentagram. That's how they get you. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I had him throw it. I was like, throw me the SVG file. He burned it on a disc, and you know. And then you're still like, I don't know. I, was like, I, I can't. Still, I can't use before. This can you connect to the Wi-Fi, please? I can't do anything. With and he's this. like, oh yeah, do you have Dropbox? And there was a whole thing yeah, where just, we had it to, took forever. I probably Wi-Fi password. And then we had to try to like we had to try to Venmo him, and then he didn't have Venmo, and then we and it turns out we didn't either. We didn't either, and then he didn't have PayPal. But it we was PayPal. Paying demons these days. <laughs> it used to be you just like, you just kill a goat. Mm-hmm. You, you just kill so a goat. Simple. You yep. hand it over a 20. It's fine. Done. Everything is, yeah, no, and they give weird. you the CD and you're good to go. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. So the spook stone is, uh, <laughs> the basic idea is <laughs> two weeks ago, we introduced the rickety wood tile set. And basically what that does is it allows players to build what feel like, you know, meaningful structures inside a level head. Cause previously it's all been organic stuff. And then the concrete, which is more of like a steely sort of structure. And so, the intent here is to continue pushing into that realm with the tile sets where the tile sets themselves, basically, they've got a they've got an opinion about what they're supposed to be used for, right? So rickety wood is the first example of that where it's got a roof, which naturally means that you're going to build some you're like build housing some house, structures out it. It turns into a bridge. You're going to build a bridge. Exactly. That's a so bridge, buddy. The cool thing about this is because of the context of where uh, tiles basically building something that looks the way you want – you, it basically it ends up being a weird conversation with the tile set itself because you you can't just like choose what pieces from the tile set go where they have a rule set that comes with them and so the spookstone the really fun thing about it is it's got you know it's like a it's sort of like your castle sort of vibe but it's got these skulls and stuff that kind of pop out uh, here and there and then also when you when you pull a big pillar up instead of just being you know a pillar of rocks it's basically like a screaming gargoyle that yeah. continue the screaming mouth just gets taller. As you drag the pillar up, how how fun. taller does it get? It'll just keep going as tall as your level is. You nice. could make one that is at the, t- the height of a skyscraper level if you want. <laughs> That's just a screaming <laughs> mouth. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, yeah, we got it. It's in- so cool. It's such a cool tile set. It's yeah, really it's fun to build with too. It's really trying to figure out how to make because also it's the case that if you so if you place a single tile out in the out in the world just floating, it be, it's just like a block, right? And if as soon as you put another tile above or below it, it now becomes a screaming gargoyle. Yep. So you end up with these like floating, screaming gargoyle statues. Just kind yeah, of like, you can do all sorts <laughs> of spooky stuff with it. So, uh, and it's actually, it's one of the more, I mean, this one and the rickety wood, both are actually more advanced tile sets than any of the previous ones in terms of how many sort of uh, things they're taking into account when they decide what they're going to become. So we may be revisiting uh, the tundra and the desert in particular sometime later on to add a few more kind of bits and bobs to it because it's just been fun to see what's, what what we can build with it. Um, yeah. That said, the tile sets are like just the heaviest damn thing it take a lot of iterations it takes so much time like i could build so many objects in the short period of time um that that it takes to like do a first iteration on the stone so the stone itself took i think it was six iterations for this one the wood took four um and it's because you're building you're building just like one piece of what is in context a huge thing and so it, it's really you just just take well, yeah, a long you gotta time. build it and then put it in the game and look and see like is it is the pattern obvious yes. is it it's, there's that idea of does like, it work in all the biomes yeah, yes. does it work in color palettes there's so many factors and the feedback loop is long yeah so, so they're they're a bit heavy but um but the, i mean they're also one of those things that i think it, it adds so much in terms of like just what people can do and the vibe that's the whole idea is like just give people different vibes to kind of throw down their level in different it, places. yeah it creates it creates cooler feelings it creates more screenshotable moments yeah. so people will be able to build dungeons and castles and stuff now which i'm very excited about spooky so, dungeons very spooky things yeah, yeah. And so then the other tile sets we have coming is we've got – we're working on the asteroid tunnels biome, yes. which we'll – just leave it at that. But it is it is uh, from Flop Rocket. That's, yeah. the, that's the asteroid tunnels. It's the inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very excited about that one. And then as far as new mechanical stuff already – so we've got our undo feature. We don't have redo yet, but it's <laughs> pro- probably coming. Yeah. Um, once we had the undo and then Sam uh, finished the spookstone, then I started playing around with the spookstone in the game and – I kept having these scenarios where I would have like a chunk of terrain or something and I'd be like, I'd really like just this chunk to be Spookstone. Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, I had to like go to like Spookstone and then like redraw the terrain by hand. And I was like, man, there's time for that. Yeah, I would really like it if I could just click a thing and just convert this into Spookstone. Uh, so I had a quick chat with Sam. I'm like, I want to make a paint bucket. And he's like, all right. So mm-hmm. – that was that was a little chat, uh, <laughs> and so then I prototyped paint bucket uh, in an afternoon, and then we now have this ability to you just choose an item you want, click the paint bucket, and then just start clicking out in the world, and it just converts either like open space or it'll convert uh, contiguous areas, yeah. and it won't fill the whole level. 
So that's it not. stops now at 144 tiles, which is still a lot. It's quite a bit. And, and this, this is a, why you need to undo. It's why you need to undo. <laughs> you, might, you might click the wrong thing. Yeah, undo uh-huh. is like the gateway that opens up other tools because yes. otherwise you can't. Yeah, it, it'll open operations up, are not yeah, open up multi-select and yeah. all this other stuff. Um, so the the paint bucket actually turned out to be far more potent than we realized because now you can even do things like you know you put it out you put down a gem like maybe you put down a huge cluster of gems right and then you're like oh damn I really wish that. I had a switch ID. I really wish I uh, hooked all these up to a switch. Which I do all the time. Yeah. So so your previous method would be to like uh, change one of them and then delete another one and then like place – eyedrop it and then sort of like drag by hand and replace mm-hmm. all of them. Now you can just eyedropper one, paint bucket, click. Provided they're contiguous. Right. Yeah. And then it just replaces all of mm-hmm. them. So you can actually like use it to paste properties of things or you'd be like, actually, I wish these gems were just spikes. And you just paint bucket, click. Now Boom. they're all spikes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's tons of super fast stuff. It also works with backgrounds. So you can convert like, eh, I want this room to be made of glass. Yep. And then you just do that. And now <laughs> it is. So paint bucket is fantastic. We've got now like automatic switches. We were chatting the discord with uh, automatic switch. Yeah. Specchio was like, man, I really wish this worked like Excel. Cause he's building all kinds of crazy contraptions yeah. where typically he'll have a bunch of. Well, re- if you saw some of the screenshots from his levels, you would know why. He wants it to work like when Excel, like 500 switches. Basically building yeah. Excel. Yeah, because yeah, Excel. people who are building really elaborate switch logic will tend to cluster uh, their logic systems together physically in the yeah. level so that they Off know screen. what's happening. Yeah. yeah, so they make invisible relays and stuff. And so they'll place relays and then they'll manually click each one and then increment IDs, manually click the next one, increment IDs. And so he's like, man, it'd be nice if uh, if I could just place a thing and drag and it would just auto increment. You know, like zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, just like you see in Excel, right? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of talked about how this might happen and got it up and running. So now you can do that. Yep. Uh, and then it, we have like automatic switch assignments, like you put a door down, switch 30 or something. Next switch you put down, it's 30. It's already hooked up. So you're good easy. to go. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we got all of these fantastic and copy paste for stuff. paths. Copy paste for path properties. You set up a path and you're like, this path is going so fast. It looks like this, blah, blah, blah. You set up your next path, just paste it. Yep. Now it's the, now it all has the same properties. Yeah. So this is probably going to shave hundreds Seconds. of hours yeah. out of some <laughs> of these levels that people are working on because yeah. some of these levels people are building are really really complex, yeah. um, which is good. I mean the the reality is we want we want the editor to be as close to the Photoshop. speed of thought is actually what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, as you can get because essentially the more the more someone has to fight with the tool, the less they're going to build. That's just kind of you know how it is. I think. If you if the tool is just so easy to use and continuously gets sort of more and more slick, then it lets you just have ideas as opposed to having to figure out how to execute those ideas. Yeah, which is a big part of it. So yeah, we're we are getting kind of confused because we're like, what? When do we stop as far as how far we push some of these things? Right, because we could keep going. Yeah, like, or we're gonna do the multi-select at some point mm-hmm. uh, in the. Near or distant future, I don't Who know. Knows. Later. Um, and once you can multi-select, that means like we can hook that up to the other tools. So like you can multi-select and then paint bucket and then paint bucket will just only apply to that area, right? Mm-hmm. So you can sort of constrain it. Multi-select and copy-paste. Multi-select and move, yep. you know, uh, drag things around in big chunks and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of things that we can do. Yep. And like there, we've also <clears> – <throat> um, there's a lot of tools that you see out there that have symmetry concepts. Like you can place mm-hmm. a symmetry line and then like – Start drawing, you know, on one side of it, and then it copies across. Those are super cool and interesting. Uh, should we? Do, should we do? We could do yeah. that. Should we do? I don't know. <laughs> now that shit. Now that I've said that, it's out now. It's in the world now. We'll see how many people screaming. Yeah, we got to do it. We'll it. it out. Um, yeah. So, so we're really excited about this. It's basically just like a big uh, building update, just yeah. like making your building life super easy. So that's coming. Um, and then otherwise in the news, there was an interesting ha- happening on Steam. Yes, the Steam summer sale has begun. And with it, of course, everyone's wallets cried out in unison as they started spending tons of money. Um, well, you know who else cried out in unison? Uh, basically every single dev who is not Cyberpunk 2077 related. And the reason yeah. is, uh, and you might see articles about this. The thing is like we're recording this on Thursday. So it's only been happening now for two days. So we don't know. Yeah. Some things might have happened in the interim before this goes live. Oh, they uh, wait, when did the sale start? Was it yesterday? Two days ago. Two days ago? Yeah. Wow. Um, but the – the basically what happened was Steam tends to produce a, sort of a metagame that goes on top of the summer sale. And the metagame is a way to encourage customers to basically spend more money on, on games and also kind of have some other fun reason you know, to enjoy 
participate. Some, some kind of giveaways or yeah, whatever. it's like giveaways. It'll be like oh, if you sometimes they have random team assignment stuff where if you uh, you know if you spend money, then your team sort of does better over the course of the day, and then if you win that day, then you get some whatever you know, tokens or whatever. Fuck. So it's gamifying buying games. Yeah, which basically. is I mean, <laughs> cool, cool works for and, me. And uh, the one this year is called the Grand Prix, and they definitely have an externality that they did not consider, which was. Uh, essentially, that they the way that they worded the meta game this time was basically that if you if well, you actually, participate, but it wouldn't even matter how they worded it, the outcome was still going to be the same, right? But uh, basically, what they said was that you, as a user, when you buy games during the Grand Prix, you essentially get more or less. I guess I'll just simplify it. It's like you got entered into a raffle, yeah. right? And if you get selected at the end of the Grand Prix day, every single day, then you will win uh, a game from your wish list. Now. The problem uh, is just a game, just, just a, a game. game. Well, it's supposed to be the language was supposed to is, essentially says like the one of the top three games in your wish list or mm-hmm. the top game on your wish list. Like those are supposed to be the things. Yeah. But you can already see as a designer what's going to happen here, which is that if someone thinks that they might win, that means what they're going to do is go to their wish list. And again, people tend to not really read things. So the general read from this from consumers is, oh, as soon as I participate, I should purge my entire wish list except for the one game that I want and that is also the most expensive. Which yeah. is probably Cyberpunk's at twenty seven seven. So some triple um, A game. Yeah, really expensive triple A games, whatever else. And then uh and then if I win, then I'll just I'll guarantee to get that one, right? Because there's mm-hmm. no choice happening. It just has yeah. to pick the one that's in there. And but even even if people weren't reading it as like it could be anything, it still was your one of your top three. Yes. Which meant to to have it to still have the one thing that you want, you still have to purge the entire list because you can't just like have there's three no times. three things yeah. that you want, right? Yeah. So that means that the only the only possible you, outcome is you can rearrange your list. Yeah, yeah. But, but then you can rearrange it so that one of three. Right. But if you want Cyberpunk 77, then you, you have to purge everything. your whole list. Yeah. That's the only way to do so, it. So you know, we saw this when it came up and didn't even think it twice about it. But then we saw our wish list numbers uh, on the on the following day for that first day of the summer sale. Huge spike and, in deletions. Yes, a gigantic spike in deletions. And the, the important thing to know if you're, if you're a dev on Steam is that you'll tend to see whenever there's a sale that you do, even if it's your own sale, you will see an increase in deletes. And it's because people are essentially – that's the only mechanism by which you now have to actually alert people that your game exists, right? Yeah. So, and so now they go look at it again and, and then they they say, some of them decide, never mind, right. I don't actually want this ever. So you're going to have a spike of activations as well as deletions. But uh, very rarely, in fact, I don't think ever in the in our history for Levelhead or for Crashlands has the rate of deletions jumped above the rate of additions. Um, yeah, I don't think so. They've gotten close at, at times, but never above. And for this summer sale event, uh, the deletion rate was like 4x above the, the additions. additions. So it's a mm-hmm. net loss. Net loss of literally hundreds of wish lists. Uh, in Crashland's case, 500 wish lists in one day. Boom, gone. Uh, and so, you know, we saw this and we were like, that's fucking weird. And yeah. we checked in with some other uh, devs to see, like, you know, maybe it's just our problem. I don't know. Maybe everyone hates Levelhead now. Who knows? It's all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. like, never mind. And, but it was so anomalous and weird. And so we checked in with a couple other people. And it's happening store wide for yep. tons of every deaths. game is losing hundreds or thousands of wish lists. Yeah, it's so, just proportional. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a Twitter thread now going where people are sort of dumping their graphs of their wish lists, and for the most part, it's that you see that same sort of thing happening where there's this huge spike in uh, in wish list deletion activity, and so it's really shitty. Yeah, and, and relative I, to our total number of wish lists, it's not like. It's not earth shattering. It's not like killing us or anything. No, it's not earth shattering. But it is. Data, it could day. last for two entire weeks. Yeah, the Steam Summer Sale is two and weeks. It could long. end up being really bad. Yeah, if know. we're losing hundreds of wishlists a day for two weeks, that's really bad. Up. That's very bad. Uh, yeah. And on top of that, so when we look at, you know, we've been doing a lot of our marketing efforts and outreach stuff. Uh, you know, when we look at something like getting that rock, paper, shotgun article from uh, last week, we can see the total number of wishlists that probably came in from that. You know, and what we see is that the total number of deletes that we had yesterday eclipsed the number of ads that we had, which means that we're essentially undoing uh, a lot of our marketing efforts. Yep. Which is infuriating yeah. in so many ways, <laughs> and especially because of how uh, the store algorithms have been shifting around for the last you know six months or so. Um, it's it was already basically impossible for us to like be successful on Steam. Well, by right by virtue of Steam. By virtue of Steam. Yeah. Right. So we have to we have to bring outside people. And into so we so we're doing that. And then Steam's like, we'll just we'll take, just we'll just take these that. away too. Yeah. 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 But since it's hitting everybody, it may and maybe it's fine. Maybe a net neutral. 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to, we'll be monitoring the situation for the rest of this week. Of course, by the time this podcast goes live, who knows? You probably will have heard about it from some other news source because uh, I think it's already been reported a little bit around uh, the PC gaming space. Yeah. Well, and it's important to recognize that, like, I think people are starting to report this as being, like, as hitting indies. I think this is just hitting everybody. It, it should. It, I mean, in principle, it should hit everybody. Yeah. Because yeah. it's going to hit if you think that there's only one game. Like if, if you think in order to use in order to sort of participate in this raffle or whatever, you just need to purge everything except for one game, then, you know, for you, it might not be cyberpunk, yeah, right? Like for most people, there's going to be an expensiveness question attached to that. Right? Yeah. So you're going to like pick your $60 game, like whatever's well, your the, most expensive and game. The, and I mean, it's hilarious too, because right? this is for this whole like two week period or whatever, because they're doing a daily raffle, right? Yeah. And so it's in. It's in your best interest as a player to only have one thing in your wish list for the entire Steam sale. Yes. But the st- the whole Steam sale is driven off of things that you've wishlisted that you are waiting to be on sale. Yep. Yes. Which in principle should hurt the sale enormously. And, well, and we know things back. like Steam visibility rounds shows the game to people who have it wishlisted, right? Yeah. So like yes. there's, so, there's so many metrics of the Steam uh, algorithm and, and managing your visibility. Well, and, your that, sales. and the way the way that it relates your game to other games is also driven by wishlists because like, right. that's essentially their proxy for demand, wishlists mm-hmm. and sales, right? So if suddenly your game just gets nuked, like I can't imagine that this is going to be good for us in any sort of way. It won't be it good for us to, definitely. The question is just how bad will it yeah. be? Will it be worse for us than other people? Will it be the same, samely bad for everybody? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty whack. So, um, you know, we did, we did send a note to, to the Steam team yesterday and just let them know this was happening. In case they somehow weren't aware. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything's going to happen because yeah. of it, but we'll see. My bet though is that across the entire Steam store, store uh, Hundreds of thousands or millions of wish lists suddenly vanished. Yeah, I think you know. it, it was like the Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Thanos, right. The Steam wish list just got Thanos. Yeah. So that's happening. We'll have more information later great. about Real that. Great. Welcome to the business of games. <laughs> uh, but this also does, before we go into questions, I want to say this does speak to the importance of having your game exist in multiple places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, of course, unless somebody is just giving you, because if if Steam was like, "Hey, we'll pay you for an exclusive," and just gave a gave us a bunch of money and then nuked our wish list, it's like, fine. Like, fine, this we'll, is fine. Yeah. We're, we're, we'll we'll live through this. Sucks because not as many people will play the game, but we'll be fine. Yeah, uh, not the case at the moment, but you know. So just keep that in mind for all of you who are upset about exclusives in places. It's just like lie. there are reasons for it. Yeah. It's because <laughs> it's because it's so hard to be to find success, and the success can be taken away any moment. Any moment. Any, yeah. The fewer platforms you're on, uh, the more likely any random whim or algorithm change or whatever yeah. might just tank something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, but that's fine. We're in early access and that's yeah, we're why we're only on one platform. Yeah, we're, we're, just, we're learning things, really. We're learning things and we're cruising. Um, so, and then did we want to talk about Steam login before we get to questions? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just kind of an interesting just thing a quick to talk about because we, we've talked in the past about like, why did we do Scotch ID? Why are we doing Rumpus? And, and our original motivation for that was because we wanted to gain some independence from the platforms, which is related to what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. uh, by basically having our own user list that we could email and say, hey, we've launched a new game or, or whatever. And that was the original goal. And everything that we've done since then has kind of been in the service of that and kind of been focused around that. Uh, even with Levelhead, where Levelhead... Uh, unlike Crashlands, which kind of like dips its toe into web stuff, which is mostly just to give some syncing and some useful yeah. stuff like that. Uh, Levelhead's all about it, just all about that. And so there was this kind of conflict that we weren't really paying much attention to that, that kind of arose because of this, where where since our initial desire was basically to give you a reason to give us your email address, mm-hmm. and in return we would provide you know some cool features – but then we made a game that's really dependent on those features. So now if you don't want to give us your email address or can't, more importantly, can't, which is the more likely, uh, is more likely, yeah, uh, then now all of a sudden you just don't get to play those aspects of the game. And this has become a particular problem with our Chinese audience because uh, the the Great Firewall of China, as it is uh, nicknamed, um, throttles the fuck out of our emails. Mm-hmm. Or in some cases, just blocks. Them. Well, yeah, but throttle throttles as in there's a there's a really really strict rate limit, like so strict that I'm not even sure how single users can get past it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we are trying to you know manage a, an email list, um, and so the moment you hit that limit, they just block, they just bounce all emails uh, until the rate limit expires. But they also don't tell you what the rate limit is, like, so all that's hidden yeah. stuff, right? And so so because of that, we actually had to not allow. Um, 
email addresses from Chinese companies for our users. So like QQ.com in particular. Because we can't send them emails. Because we can't send them emails. And so that means we couldn't – like if somebody tried to register we need, and we needed to send them a confirmation email, we couldn't guarantee it would go through and so on. Uh, and so so we ended up with this weird situation where now we we just weren't letting our Chinese audience specifically, but also just anybody who didn't have an email address or, or would have trouble getting an email from us. We just weren't letting them have web content. Mm-hmm. Which in Levelhead, of course, is – the game, the rest Which, of the yeah, game. exactly. Yeah. And so, so then we had this kind of this moment this past week um, when uh, we realized, like, this is the this is the wrong we're we're taking the wrong approach here yeah. because we basically put our initial goal of sort of accumulating uh, uh, marketing power above the the new need of actually delivering good web content because we kind of just didn't notice the fact that in Levelhead specifically. Uh, the game itself like just needs that. Yeah. It sort of it just eclipsed our, our original purpose. Well, I think we we knew it, of course, but we didn't realize we, we didn't realize how problematic it. it was right. for certain people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we had, we had some a bunch of complaints from our Chinese users who were just like, "This is really frustrating." That like you know, I've tried three different email addresses and none yeah. of them let me let me do it. And of course, they don't have access to Gmail um, mm-hmm. or Microsoft email services and so on because those are all blocked uh, or just not available in China. And so all the ones that would work, they don't have access to. And so, so, so we kind of rethought this and, and realized that this is dumb and we need to, we need to put the user experience above uh, uh, marketing. But also, you know, and it wasn't just marketing too because we wanted to make sure that if, if we needed to manage somebody's account, like if we needed to, to delete their account for inactivity or if there was something suspicious going on or whatever, that we could email people to let them know like, hey, you need to pay attention to this. Um, but it turns out nobody opens their fucking emails anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. so it's fine. So it's just fine. We'd rather they play the game. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, which is which is which is all to say, you know, we've so we've rethought about this, and 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 we're gonna now. So, so what I'm working on right now is actually allowing you just to log in using Steam. So you'll be able to log into the website using Steam, which doesn't give us an email address, and you'll be able to log in in game using Steam without leaving the game at all. Because right now, for those of you playing Levelhead, you know that to log in, you either plug in your email address and go confirm on your phone, or you click out to go to Google and log in that way. Um, there's no way just to like stay in the game and log in. And so we're going to be adding just a pure steam login Mm -hmm. to make that happen. Uh, and the nice thing about this too, is it allows us to go on other platforms with the same approach, like on Nintendo and so on, where we can keep people inside the ecosystem, but still get them into rumpus and then still provide cross platform. Yeah, Because if you wanted to do cross platform stuff, you'd have to connect your accounts to the website. Yeah. So it makes that a little more complicated because now if you're just using your email, then you can just use your email everywhere and it's fine. Right. Um, but you can't use your Steam. Account you can't use your Steam account on Nintendo, yeah. and you know whatever. So, so <laughs> it complicates, yeah, right? So it adds it adds a little bit of a complication layer in there, but that's something that people can deal with afterwards. You yes. know, so they can still get in, they can still play the game, and then later on when they want full cross platform, they can go to the website, hook their accounts together, and have that all work. Yeah. Um, so I think it's be really good. It'll be a trip. So we we are we're in the what I would believe you'd call it the enslickening phase mm, of yes. the game yep. where. The editor is becoming enslickened. Mm-hmm. The login, login. enslickened, enslickened. Everything can be so slick. Yep. You're gonna open up the game. You're gonna slide right off, crash into a ditch. Yep. Yep. It'd be crazy. So I think that's the, meta- the metaphor. That's you how that mm-hmm. goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So that's coming. Uh, any other thoughts? Nope. All right. Let's get on to some questions. These questions come from listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. First question comes from Jer McBain. Hey guys, long time potter, first time questioner. <laughs> I'm curious how you all feel about working in games for the rest of your careers. Are there fields you'd consider returning or shifting to? I sometimes struggle with the idea of only tangentially contributing to the betterment of the world through creating games and telling stories rather than through direct action like politics, science, etc., which is where the motivation for my question originates. Big love, less than three. That's the heart. Uh, I think I'll answer that. So you I'll came, answer the, you I'll answer the from, back half of that first. Yeah, you get yeah. from science into yeah. games. Which is just to say that if you believe that you can cause direct change via politics, science, medicine, et cetera, you're wrong. There it is. So just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, you don't want to unpack it all? Uh, no, we'll unpack it. Um, okay. but, but it which is which is all to say that that causing change is not a thing that a that a person gets to do. That's that's a thing that people do yeah. collectively, right? Uh, and sure. Yeah. If you, if you turn out to be a really good politician and like really, really can gather people together and like really make stuff happen, then okay, perhaps. Right. Uh, except like look around and like how many of the good politicians have you seen who've pulled that shit off? Like mm-hmm. almost none. Who make right? it to the top. And yeah. then yeah. So, so realistically, while it is, a, is of course a very noble thing to go off and, and attempt 
to directly cause change. Uh, the the fact is that you can't. Well, people directly. both. You mean individually? Individually, right? So people both want and hate change. Yeah. So making it happen is really, really hard. Yeah. So really, what you, what you would do is basically you would you would yoke yourself up to a larger scale operation, yeah. vision that then you are a part of impacting that change. Right? Yep. So that, then, that's the way to do it. Well, yeah, which, which of course, but then but then now, how is that different from making games for people to make make them have just a happier life. You know? right. Sam, I think this is something that you talked about when we first got started in the studio mm-hmm. as well of of the question of where should my skills be going? Yes. And is it – if I do have skills like, – there's actually like a bigger moral question. Like if I have the skills to uh, quote help people yeah. in a certain way that maybe like puts food on their table or whatever, is it ethical for me and is it morally fine for me to just not – Mm-hmm. And instead, just go do this completely other thing. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there was one I that I kind of juggled with a little bit, mainly because I had a dean in school who, when I said, "Hey, I think we can go build video games," she was like, "You're gonna use your talents for that." And I was like, "I have no talents." <laughs> <laughs> like, who you think I am? On you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think it, it is an interesting. It is an interesting moral question. But I think that's that's assuming a lot of weird things. Exactly, cuz it cuz it makes the assumption that if you were to take a different path that that you would actually create more value. Not for only that, but it yeah, it is it assumes that the value of something like a game experience is is lesser than some value associated with something else. So whether that's food or whatever else. Um and certainly of course, like when you look at a Maslow's hierarchy, like yeah, you need to be full of food in order mm-hmm. to do most things. You need to get a good night's rest, you need to be secure, whatever else. But if you're paying if you care about the hierarchy, then really the only ethical thing for you to be doing is getting rid of homelessness yes. and starvation. Well, here's right? actually, I think- Which is not really what most people are are focusing on. Like I'm certainly some people are, that's great. But when people are talking about these big questions like, what should I do to better humanity? They're they're actually rarely thinking about the part that truly needs it. They're usually up higher in the tree. A bit higher, yeah. yeah. And once you're up higher in the tree, then like there isn't that much of a difference between any. Well, not only that, but things. like there's doctors. Like if I be, if I didn't become a doctor, there's still going to be doctors yeah, around. It doesn't actually change anything. Yeah. So who who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean being being a part I, like of, whether I'm a doctor or not, not gonna. I mean honestly, like being part of you know very civil movements is is in and of itself a really good like you don't have to i guess that's the thing but you not everybody has to be dedicating their full life to some healthcare related thing ending homelessness whatever else to be able to as adam was saying actually be part of making a a larger change so if you go and like you do a march on washington for like gun violence or whatever if you want to be a part of some change like you can still do that in a whole variety of ways without necessarily having to be your your day-to-day thing yeah Um, but it's that whole to me it's that whole uh the, the the premise of the question of there being like direct versus indirect action. Yeah. Right. Where indirect, I, I guess, could mean like you just accidentally cause things. Right. And if, if that's the side that you want to, that you want to not be on, then, you know, that's fine. But, but there is no side where there's just like, you just cause a thing to be better. And like, that's the end of the yeah. story. Right. Uh, you just get to move into that space where you are, you're, you're only ever indirectly causing sort of general change. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's even the case when you're making games, right? Like yeah. as soon as you're on a team, it's not just you who's making the product. It's not about you. And you're making better the lives of the people on your team. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting weird angles to this, but I think there's, there's generally a hierarchy associated with, I think it's very natural in our culture to, to assign this hierarchy to uh, things like art. Art tends to go below things like, uh, you know, health or medicine. Um, But if you look at something like social work, that's a really interesting one because like people put social work actually somewhere between those in terms of like a status hierarchy, you know, where, in terms of what the value of your work is or like how society thinks of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have these like science and researchers at the top, you know, in terms of like noble pursuits. And then I would actually put farming at the very top. Oh, well, yeah. But no one would think about it. Because like that, that shit is fucking hard yeah. and it never gets easier. Yeah. It's just <laughs> always hard your whole life. Then you got no cartilage left in your joints mm-hmm. and it hurts a lot. Then it's even harder. Yeah. And then you just keep going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do think there's some there's some imperative to give back certainly and to – you know, to do things for other people, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, it doesn't have to be the, the life's work. And in fact, that may not be the best way for you to amplify your. Yeah. Life. I think it's, so. I think it's what you should do is whatever you are good at and excited about, because that is probably how you're going to actually make the biggest positive impact yeah. to the most mm-hmm. people. And it doesn't necessarily mean curing their disease or whatever else it is that's happening, but you will be improving their, their lives in a whole bunch of other ways. Mm-hmm. And that's also important. Yeah. So, yeah. 
it's just it's just all important. It's kind of, it's, it reminds me of that whole thing when people like start competing about who has things worse, you know? Yeah. And instead of just being like, just kind of things are bad. Things yeah. Are and like bad. things are bad for you in these ways. Things are bad for you in these ways. Like we don't need to fight about how how bad it is yeah, because it's recognize. all bad. You just recognize it's yeah. bad. Yeah, here's right? the thing. Like my foot kind of hurts and it has for a month. And I'm like, yeah, well, my knee hurts. Yeah. I'm like, your knee hurts. Some people don't even have a foot or a knee. That also sucks. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Yep. Everything. It all sucks. <laughs> We've all got. <laughs> yeah, and it's all fine, and it's all valid, and we could all use a little help. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, you can't do everything. Well, I think there's an interesting point there too, which is like there's there's some really weird, or there's some, there's some interesting stuff that comes from a long range view of these things. Which is, say, you do something like make games, or you like uh, like a Bill Gates sort of figure. You, you make some technological thing. He was in his garage tinkering around with computers like some kind of weirdo. So say you make make something like that. You're not dedicating your life in that moment to sort of the betterment of humanity, but the product you make or just the the capital gains you get from the work that you've done there then allow you to do something like cause, you know, way more high leverage change uh, by virtue of, you know, I'm saying wiping out malaria. Go toward your calling, whatever you're the best at, Mm -hmm. whatever you're super pumped about, that's where your energies go because you can leverage it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the main thing to focus on is not actively making the world worse. At yes. least don't do that. Just don't do that. At least be a neutral presence. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. use your turning signals at the very least. Yep. Like, yes, please. That's phase one mm-hmm. of not being a terrible, evil person. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question comes from Two Scoop Games, who asks appropriately. Some friends and I are planning to visit for Pixel Pop Fest this September. And since we will be on your home turf, I must ask. What is your favorite ice cream? Clementine's. Well, let me finish the question. What is your favorite ice cream in St. Louis? Clementine's. I want to make sure people can hear the question. It's 100% Clementine's. Clementine's. Uh, And and speaking of Pixel Pop, uh, because people listening might not know what that is. Mm -hmm. So that is a uh, St. Louis event that was – I can't remember how it even – started was it, it co-op related originally the, no i think it was a carol and the badgers maybe read it i think the badgers maybe yeah um i think carol still yes you still uh but yeah so it's a it's a event that's actually grown significantly since it first started it's been it's really well sponsored at least has been the past couple of years um and uh and it's just a nice little like sort of general celebration of games and the yeah. and the things that go into it both for creators of games and players of games so it's a little bit it's uh, an interesting purpose yeah uh, and, it, and it looks at music and it looks at uh, topics of inclusion and diversity. And it's a, it's a really interesting kind of all around um, event. And of course it's in St. Louis. So it's cheap. It's mm-hmm. like 15 bucks or whatever for a ticket. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, so we're going to, we'll, we'll be showing up there presumably to some yeah. extent. Uh, we'll probably be there for the whole thing, but, but we'll be there off and on. Um, so if you want to go to a cool event in St. Louis, mm-hmm, that's one. That's the that's one to go to. Aside from a shenanigans, shenanigans the other one. That's the other one. So yeah. go to both of those. Yep. And when you're here, Clementines. Yep. Get your ice cream. Get Clementines. I would not recommend their vegan ice cream though. They have booze ice cream where they actually have like it actually has alcohol in it. Yeah. But I don't know. Every so time that's I, pretty good too. Every time I eat one of those, I'm like, I don't want, I don't want the flavor of booze. In my ice cream. I think ice cream is better just as ice cream. What yes. you want to do is you want to eat ice cream, take a shot. Yeah. Eat more ice cream, you, take another yeah, shot. Yeah, those are one of those things Keep that it better separate. separate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, the vegan chocolate one is pretty good because it, there's so much chocolate that in it. Really well, they know, that's, a, that's the one I had. It was too much for me. Was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I fucking intense. love chocolate. And that was – I had two or three licks and I was like, that's – I've yeah. had enough chocolate. You got to the week. center of the Tootsie Pop. Yeah. yeah. I will say I have had ice cream across this country. <clears throat> I've even had it. Across the world in China, and I'm gonna have it when I go to Iceland. I'll let you no, know. No, China is not well known for ice cream. If they Iceland does not have good ice cream or land or land, yeah, they're gonna be great. Or problem. land cream, yeah. but Clementine's is honestly, I think, the best ice cream just ever. It's really good. It's really good. So, I mean, don't take my word for it. I think it's <laughs> fine. But <laughs> don't take my word for it. Uh, but yeah, go there and, and uh, see for yourself. Our right, next question comes from Hooka Itty Guy. Nice. I participated in the Levelhead beta, but I found it too difficult for my aging brain and slow meat fingers to get very far <laughs> in the campaign, let alone the player-created levels. I did buy the game because I wanted to support the awesome Butterscotch team, but wasn't expecting to play it. I fired it up last weekend on a whim and got much further and started to get a handle on some of the complex moves required. Have you ever bought a game you didn't expect to enjoy, but ended up enjoying it anyway? Mm. I think there's there's something to be said for the the incubation time which is uh some games either because they have a skill wall 
which is something like level head, which is it, it is hard. Um, also, yeah, we, we have made the campaign easier. I was going to say we also, we also really tuned up the campaign in the last two months, so it's probably just better generally uh, yeah. in an easier sort of sense. Um, so I'm glad that's working. But I think there's, <laughs> there's definitely an incubation time for some games. I mean, there's been some games I picked up where I'd play it for like 45 minutes or an hour, and I'm like, ah, I'm just like I feel like I'm just it's hard. I don't know. And then yeah, randomly a month later, got some downtime, just boot it up, and then you get like right into it. Um, and I've talked about you know my experience with Terraria a few times where I tried it three or four times and couldn't get – just couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. The hotkeys were weird. Everything was just odd. Uh, and then tried it with Adam and Jenny one last time and it and it somehow kind of clicked. clicked yeah. And then I was there for like 70 hours. So mm-hmm. I think – Some games, yeah, they're harder to get into. I, I had the experience with Eve, Eve mm-hmm. Online. I actually played it – I played it for a couple days um, in like 2013 or something and I was just like – what? What is this garbage? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> because I – all I really knew is that it was a, a space game where you fly a ship, right? But like you don't fly a ship. You tell the ship what to do and then it does it. So it's mm-hmm. – you're like orbit that asteroid. Right, it's not piloting. Yeah, and then your ship kind of like slowly gets its way over there and then slowly circles the asteroid. Slurbs its way around. Yeah, and then it's like if you want to shoot something, you're not like aiming – at it or anything like that, you, you just tell it. Yeah, you like hold control, click on it. It's like dip, 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 yep. target, and then you click on your guns, and now you just are shooting it. So there's like at first glance, I was looking, I was like, this isn't good. This isn't fun mm-hmm. at all. Um, so I just turned it off and then carried on my way. And then every, every now and then, I would just like read these articles about these immense battles going on in this game, um, and and thousands of players coming together and all this politics and stuff. And I'm like, I mean, maybe maybe it's interesting. So I fired it up again a year later and I joined a group, like I joined a player corporation. And then all of a sudden all these people were giving me tips and like like sharing strategies on how mm. to build your ships out and all this stuff. And, and there's like a huge amount of depth that I couldn't see at the beginning because I was just looking in the wrong place. Like I was just – yeah, I, I was looking for action yeah, instead be, of strategy. That might be part know? of it is, is games that have a really high amount of depth but that you wouldn't necessarily see – at the outset, which I think actually Terraria falls into that category, yeah, because um, it looks again and a level when you start actually, Terraria, it's just like this very slow mining. It is so slow. It's so slow, unbelievably slow, in fact. Um, and so yeah, I, I but it's visually stunning. So you can kind yeah, of yeah, stunning. You can ride the wave. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that that's one of those things. I think Levelhead has that same thing going on actually, where it looks it's just a it's, everyone's like oh it's just a platformer. Mm-hmm. But as as you can see from the people who've played it now for hundreds of hours since it's been out, it just keeps opening up. There's a lot of meat in that thing, and and you can't tell just from looking at it, which is the weird part about it. Um, but that could be, I mean, that's that's like a room for accessibility thing, where you know you come into a game because you're like, oh, I like the idea of this, and then you realize that the well is just infinitely deep on it. It's really cool, but of course, you know, get to that point sometimes it takes a little bit longer than yeah, and that's yeah. that's part of the question with a, a demo. Is like if we make a demo that doesn't give an inclination that there's a lot more mm-hmm. going on. Because like, yeah, if the demo is an hour and a half long or something um, and you can still – and you can play the game for thousands of hours, then you're not really scratching the surface. But you have to see enough to know that those thousands mm-hmm. of hours could be there, right? So it's – there's definitely a sort of a fine line to walk. It's like how do you convey that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard. Uh, next question comes from Astro Beef. In episode 86, you this was a while ago. <laughs> I'll say. In episode 86, you talked about the toxicity of advertising. How has advertising changed since 2017? What are your current thoughts on advertising and how do you advertise your own product without advertising grossly? Mm. How has advertising changed? I don't think it has. Uh, advertising continues to get more costly. Yeah. Like by a, yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the thing that has changed and it is – Advertising is essentially, as in like for us to advertise our game, it's a, it's effectively out of reach. We basically yeah. can't do it. Uh, advertising as a means to make money off of games is simultaneously becoming less beneficial in the amount it, of pay as in you get. Yeah, you can't, which is weird. Yeah, it costs you more to advertise and you get less if you are selling advertisements somehow. So at the where same time. is it going, Google? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where's the, who's so, the middleman uh, here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so ads, you know, have always and continue to suck and, and they always continue to suck more and that's still true. Uh, they just so, will. They're not a thing because it's not it's not a thing you ever want to see. I think it's just – No, no. And people get better and better at ignoring them or, or creating tools that block them. And I would say that and because they are becoming less profitable yet still somehow more expensive, I would say browsing uh, news sites and stuff on the web has gotten ludicrous 
these past couple of years, especially. Yeah, it has. yeah, it's hard to tell for us because the office has a pie hole I hooked up and my home has a pie hole I hooked pie up. Pie hole is a raspberry pie that eats ads. Yeah. And it, and it eats them at the at the router level. They, so they can't even get in. They can't get in. They're not in the house <laughs> at all. Which is awesome. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I've, I've had scenarios. So I mean, I, I do run an ad blocker, but I also disable it whenever a website is like, hey, buddy. Yeah. We're trying yeah. to make a living here. And I'm like, sure, fine. I'll mm-hmm. let. But as, as soon as you do that, as soon as like, I do, Bruh. yeah, because whenever that pops up, what I also will see because the ad blocker will have a counter of like yeah, how yeah. many ads it has blocked, and it'll be like we blocked thirty nine ads on this web on this page, on this page yeah. right? And they're like, could you turn off your ad blocker? I'm like, actually, no, <laughs> I can't. It's a lot, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, what you'll see then is is if you're reading an article, you'll have up to only like three sentences. And then an ad and like three more sentences, then an ad, three more sentences, then an ad. The weirdest part is if there's – if it's an article that also has pictures in those places because sometimes I'll look at the ad and I'm like, what does this have to do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, especially because right. they're, they're targeted too, right? Because they're like yeah. – they because they're trying to make them more likely to be the thing you would care about. Yeah. So like they're getting better and better at making ads be like relevant to their article mm-hmm. even. And so then you're like, well, is this – Part yeah. of the article yeah. or what? Yeah. You're back. I want to read about the uh, DNC debates from last night. What is this picture of butt cream? <laughs> what? What have you been Googling? <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's gotten – it's so certainly it's weird. Um, but I think this is this is a big struggle actually, which is you know all the all the companies that rely heavily on advertisement. You see most of them have switched over to some form of a mixed model with subscriptions and stuff like that now because mm-hmm. it's just not – It's I don't know. It's just not working. Yeah. I mean no. I – Nowadays, with our struggles to get noticed, mm-hmm. I am ambivalent about advertising from like both. Like I, I end up in a neutral stance on it because I hate seeing ads that sort of like wedge themselves in places mm-hmm. where I just want to be left alone. Um, so like during a game or or whatever at the gas station, yes, they play ads at you now on these little screens and stuff. I I will go to a different gas station whenever oh, yeah. I see one of those. Um, yeah, so like there. There is a time and a place, uh, maybe for those kinds of things, but but as a company, I think like I want to be able to yeah. tell people about the stuff that yeah. I'm making, and I want to be able to do it massively and cheaply. Like I want to be able to send out a hundred million impressions of, of mm-hmm. a product that I have mm-hmm. created because I want a hundred million people to see it. You know? Yeah, well, I think that's but they don't want. They don't want to see it. That's a really interesting thing to say, though, because I think there there are places where people are looking for those things. So I think Steam's actually the best example of this, which is the front page of Steam is always games you don't have. It's an advertisement. It's actually just an it's advertisement. It's a big old billboard. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, but it is for things you might want yeah. while you're there trying to find things you might exactly. want. Because categorically it makes sense. And so it's, yeah. it's actually really fun then. Like, I mean, that's how I actually engage with Steam primarily is I'll just go, I'll just go look through stuff. Well, it's, actually, it's the same deal with like with Amazon when you search for like speakers and it's like, Sponsored speakers, yeah. and then you, yeah. you can like, and so it's stuff you were looking for anyway, and then mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like so it all feels kind of places fine. for it. It's probably just that it leaks into all these other domains where you're trying to figure out. Well, the problem is that the best places for us to advertise, the only ones we can control are things like advertise on Facebook or advertise yeah. on on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And in those contexts, people are not looking for that, yeah, at all. Yeah, and 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 I think the the core problem with the advertising model is that it's uh, it creates these attention traps. So, so something like Facebook or Twitter, uh, they as a platform only benefit or they only profit by how many advertisements yes. they sell yeah. um, because they have only a free product, right? So, uh, so they have to do anything possible to keep people on their system. But right? the goal of ads, of course, is to take people off of their system. Right. So they have these perverse incentives. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. so what you'll end up seeing then is – and there's been so much in the news, especially in the past couple of years about this, is like what is – what is Facebook's uh, ultimate strategy then? It's to make sure that you stay on Facebook and see as many ads as possible. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so – But also make those ads seem valuable by interacting with them in some way. Right. And so they have developed tons of technology of like being able to use a neural network to identify like, is this a picture of a baby? People love pictures of babies. Mm-hmm. They tend to stick around 10% more if we show the baby pictures. So now you just see baby pictures, right? So, so they actually – they algorithmically uh, curate what content you see from other people in such a way as to make it uh, either like something that causes outrage so that you comment on it. Mm-hmm. Or something that is a baby or a Or kitchen. something that is – yeah, that is like a puppy Memes. or a baby or a meme, mm-hmm. right? And so you end up – and then you know, Twitter ends up being similar in the sense that the things that spread the most are 
uh, in-group memes. But how does this impact outrage. advertising? How does it impact advertising? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's that advertising is the incentive for them to essentially manipulate the content that you see in a certain like, that, that appeals to a certain that, emotional right. center, right? Mm-hmm. And so you'll end up s- sitting on these platforms forever, uh, so just so that you see tons and tons of ads, and the incentive is there for them to basically manipulate what happens, mm-hmm. right? So it's not good in terms of what it does to you to just only be exposed to like puppies, babies, and outrage. Like those well, are the three I mean, things. Well, puppies it, and babies is fine, I think. Not yeah. if that's only you see. I don't know. If, if, I, if I only saw pictures of kittens, like if every time I opened the internet, if all I saw was kittens, I'd, I'd be such a happy person. Mm-hmm. Everything would be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just about kittens. Kittens, uh, are, kittens are the cutest. Kittens are fine. They're the cutest entities in the universe. But they also have built in razors. Yeah, but when they're you're looking claw- at when kittens, you're looking at pictures of them, they're that's not going to get you. You got your safe distance. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. just cute. You know, I think it's it basically becomes a interesting it's a mixing of the profits and with some of this stuff where i think most people can remember who have been on facebook or twitter for a long time for some reason everyone has like really rosy memories of the first couple years of these platforms and i think largely it was at a time when they weren't as algorithmically driven yeah like if somebody if one of your friends posted something you You would see it it would just it it would just be chronologically in your Mm -hmm. newsfeed right and so there's something to be said for a lack of control in some of these uh, in terms of like how that content gets delivered in terms of what the user experience is at the end of the day. But it certainly doesn't make you stick around, right? So you might have a better time with it, but also just leave because because who cares? You know, you just like see what your friends are up to and then you get the fuck off Facebook and right. do something else. Um, and if that's not happening anymore, then now they right. It's better for them to suppress things that your friends have said if they think you're not going to like it or or unless they think you're really going to hate it. Well, And this is also – this also happens <laughs> with things like YouTube. Yeah, you know where their their algorithm of showing like your next recommended video. There's been also a lot of articles about this for the past how couple creepy of years. It gets, yeah, yeah how essentially, if if all you do is follow recommended videos, um, what they want to do is is continually recommend you videos that are similar but more quote engaging. And more engaging means that you're more likely to leave a comment, uh, mm-hmm. interact with it in some way, or watch it to the end, right? And where that always ends up. Is Nazi propaganda, yep. like <laughs> or conspiracy theories? Yeah, so you like you start anywhere on YouTube and just follow the recommended videos, and then eventually you're what you're you're a Nazi now. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's not good either. It's good for selling ads, but it's not good for yeah. you know anybody, anybody else. Yeah, but it's not good for pairing your ads alongside content. Yep, right. And that's the trouble YouTube's been having lately. Yeah, yeah. I guess people want to pull it. Um, yeah, so I. I don't know when it, when it yeah when it when it comes to ads I think it's just an interesting problem which is that it's basically impossible as a as a small entity to be able to put your product in front of people now mm-hmm. and and over time it's become increasingly impossible for for all these kinds of reasons right? which is weird though because the whole point of like that was the dream with Facebook Twitter and Instagram actually yeah. was that you now have control over your brand presence yeah and that's it's true but. Only if you are only wealthy. as long as that doesn't yeah. interfere with the profit motive of the person yeah. who controls yeah. the platform. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing that we've seen as, as we saw, and we talked about this for for games. It's true everywhere. Is we had this like rise of d- the democratization of of everything due to the internet, um, but because that also came alongside the entities that uh, actually a small number of entities that created the, that these these platforms. Um, who then needed to make as much money off of them as possible, which basically had to remove the democratic component. As in, it's no longer the case that you get to just say things, people get to see them, and that's the that's the relationship. Um, so so now actually that that democratization is going away, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also true on games. Like it used to be that you had Steam Greenlight, right? And that yep. was things got voted in and they could appear as a consequence. Uh, and and because that was how it worked, then Steam would like there weren't that many games, so Steam would show it your game to everybody and then find out how good it was based on how people interacted with it. And now there's so much content that Steam can't do that anymore. And so now they have to suppress everything that comes in that's new. Yep. And the only way to make it be successful is for you to already have enough wealth and success to make it successful, right? Um, so I think I think we're on the interesting other side of the hump. It's self-correcting of, is what it is. Yeah, self-correcting. Yeah. Where it used to be like you could just be a rando on the street, start up a YouTube channel and become famous, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just not uh, – that's not the universe that's that we yeah. see anymore. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of, of information out there too about, about new YouTubers and sort of like how hard it is to get their videos yes. seen. There's these thresholds where like once you hit a couple hundred thousand subscribers, you know, then your videos will start to be seen by 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. Like, how do Who have subscribed to you, yeah. which is the kind of the point we went back to a long yeah. time ago with Facebook. Like we spent all this time building up a page on Facebook that had, you know, 18,000 people in it. And then as we were making posts, realized that our posts weren't reaching 
a, f- a fraction. They were reaching people. a couple hundred people. Yeah. And we were like, what the hell's going and on? And Facebook would taunt us about it. They'd be you like, hey, please, you 200 please? people have seen this. You want to give us five buckaroonies? And yeah. Show wow. It to you? A whole 200 people saw it. You should be proud of this post. How <laughs> about a little money yeah. to boost it? What is yeah, happening? That's wild. Yeah. Um, but so, on, the, on the other side of advertising, though, mm-hmm. which is us just like, say, using the Ballyhoo or just talking to people or whatever right. and trying to get people to buy our game. This is another interesting thing because people are so fucking allergic to advertising that even in the context of a thing that they would want, right? So like, so say we go into Iamgur and we're like, mm-hmm. look at this cool game. Look at this cool game we made. And we're just like, we're just people. We're just people who made a game and want you to buy it, right? Uh, and people get outraged that you would dare, <laughs> that you would dare yeah, you bring your to bring your advertisement on their platform. Mm-hmm. And and we we even just struggled this with struggle with this with copywriting, where it, yeah. not not like the legal thing, but the writing of copy, um, yes. <laughs> where, where we're trying to you know write up a blog post or say writing the ballyhoo or or writing our Steam store page, right? Mm-hmm. Because at, at their core, all of those things are actually advertisements yeah. that we're that we're sending directly to people, and and we do have a goal the whole time, which is to to tell well, you, to which tell is you to try to put play. words together in the right order that cause you to be like, oh, I do want to give this a try, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and yeah, and of course we're not so we're not pushing hard. something that we don't believe in. No, like we're but we're, presumably ne- neither are most advertisers. Yeah, we're about ninety five percent confident that if you play Levelhead, you're going to like it, mm-hmm. just statistically. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. So we're not doing you a disservice by mm-hmm. showing you our game, but. Uh, but yeah, but, but so, so I mean, I, I get the problem in all directions, which is just that like in order for us to be successful as a company, people have to buy our stuff. In order for people to buy our stuff, we have to be able to tell them about, it. Know about it. That's advertising uh, in, in whatever form that it takes. Um, but but advertising just as a thing is just so dirty, you know? Well, I think it's it's because you you have to tell someone about what you're making before they – are asking you for it. Yeah. That's how it, that's what, that's what it is. Required. Which means, so, oh, it's never welcome. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think, I mean, that's right. just kind of the fundamental nature of it. Because yeah, again, well, it's, it's what you're, what you're actually asking is for a change. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if somebody is already playing Fortnite, if they're already doing, they're already spending their evenings watching Netflix. Really what you're asking of somebody is to make a life shift, even in a small way, like yep. have less money and replace your current hobby with my hob mm-hmm. thing that I made as mm-hmm. a hobby. Right. Um, and as we discussed earlier, people are not, people are pretty, uh, they have inertia. Yeah, like they like, what you're doing. yeah, you like to keep doing what you're doing and change is hard and, and uncomfortable. So I don't know. There's no, I don't think there's a good, advertising no good. just is what it is. I don't think there's, there's no, it's like, a, it's it a has, necessary evil, but it doesn't have to be as evil as it is. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Good way to put it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, can, we can leave it there. Yeah, that seems, <laughs> that seems good. All right, well, that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to everything. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.